the Lord tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let me go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't ever want to get lackadaisical about coming to the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want it to ever become ordinary. Amen. I don't want to ever just think this house, this church, this building, any church building. I know God is everywhere. I'm not foolish enough to think that God is only in this church. But when I come to church, amen, the Bible says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Some people have. Some people have stopped going to church. Some people don't believe you have to go to church. Amen. Some people believe you can just have church in your living room. Well, I know you can touch God, and God can visit you in your living room. Amen. But there's something about coming to church. Amen. And where I can feel the presence of God. Amen. We can bind together. Amen. We can attack problems. Amen. We can attack the enemy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's no war fought with individually. Amen. It takes an army. It takes a group of people and a concerted effort. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. This pastor, I know we're going to continue to pray for him. Amen. As he is preaching this week in uh, the racing camp meeting, I know that it was short notice. Uh, I know one one time of preaching is on short notice is tough, let alone to preach a camp meeting um, on short notice. So I've never done it before, but I can only imagine, and I want to keep it that way. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just want to imagine so uh, what it's like, and I, I I'm a whole lot better at praying for my pastor. <laughs> Why he's going through his trial. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love Brother Reagan. We miss him tonight. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 12. Amen. Very familiar passage of Scripture. A beautiful passage of Scripture. One that you should know. Amen. Mark 12, chapter 12, verse 28. It says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which, speaking to Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said to him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God. Amen. Who believes in the one God? Amen. There is one God, and there is none other but he. Amen. And to love him with all the heart, with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Amen. And when Jesus saw that he had answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from thy kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask him any question. Amen. If you lay your Bibles down. Let's pray that God would just anoint this word tonight. Amen. Amen. God, we love you tonight, Jesus. God, I pray that you would anoint this service. God, anoint this word, God, that use me, Lord, as a vessel tonight. God, I pray that you would use me, God. I pray that we could hear your word tonight, receive your word. God, let your word fall upon our hearts tonight, God, and let it fall upon good soil. God, I pray that it would just receive... The Lord, fall upon our heart that it may take root, God, that we would not walk out and leave it, but, God, it would go with us. God, and it would change us. And, God, it would allow us, Lord, to draw closer to you tonight. God, we love you and we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, tonight. Amen. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Tonight, our title of my message is, When Truth Cannot Triumph Over Tradition. Amen. Traditions, I'm telling you, 
We have a lot of traditions, um, even today, in our churches. And I began to think about it. What would happen if I came in church tonight and I said, everybody, hypothetically again, everyone stand up and switch the other side of church where you normally don't sit. And you sit over here and you sit over there and you pick somewhere that... and. And I started telling them, okay, you need to move over here now, and you need to move over there, and that's, that's your new seat. I began to think about it, and I thought, you know what? I'd probably get strung up back here in this woods. Hey, man, somebody I know after church would take me out in the woods and string me up for trying to change where their seat was. Hey, man, we get into ruts. We get in traditions. There are things that we do. Not all traditions are bad. I, no one's saying you're going to hell because you have a seat in church that you like to sit in. Hey, man. There's nothing wrong with liking the point of view that you're sitting from. I'm not saying that. A lot of traditions are good. Amen. I eat Thanksgiving dinner with, with family, and we have a turkey. That's our tradition. That's a good tradition. I like it. I like turkey. I like dressing. And I love pie. And I love those things. Amen. Can I, yeah, can I get an amen at least on pie? Amen. I don't know how this is going to turn out tonight, but anyway. I've just been praying this week, and God has just brought this scripture and this passage of scripture. I read this, and I looked at it completely different. Normally, we read this scripture and think, the greatest of all commandments is that there is one Lord. And we preach that there is one Lord, and I know we believe that. Amen. The, God said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one Lord. He, he was clear that, and we preach this, and, 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 you know, above all commandments, if you don't get anything else, if you don't get that there is one Lord, Amen. Nothing else matters. And we preach this, and, 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 and I love this passage of Scripture, but something else about this just struck me. Amen. About the response that this, uh, that this man had. Uh, he asked Jesus a question. Amen. And at this point, when the Old Testament closed and the last book was written and the last chapter and the last word was written, the prophecy of the soon coming Messiah, the children of God were expecting a Messiah. They were expecting and they were excited. They wanted their Messiah to come. Amen. They wanted their king. They wanted someone to deliver them. They wanted someone to come and sweep them out and pick them up and bring them into a place where they were in control and they were in power. And and they were waiting upon their Messiah. Amen. And as years passed, and as years passed, and as years passed, and as time went on, and, you know, he said he was coming, and he hasn't come, and generation goes by, and yes, he's coming, he's coming, and he hasn't come yet, but he said he's coming back, and uh, he's coming, uh, he's going to be the Messiah, and he's going to be our king, and during this time, uh, years of waiting, amen, during these times of waiting on the Messiah, uh, what they had, it was the children of Israel, God's people began to develop a mindset and they began to develop a traditional points of view about how to serve God, amen, and how, uh, I don't think they woke up one day and, and, and just became warped in how they worship God and how they create. In time, there's traditions that happen and it slowly crept in and uh, offices were created that were elevated above uh, the respect of God and the things of God and people wanted power and it became a political system almost more than it did a religious or a, a system of worshiping God. It became a who's in control Amen. And who can be seen? Amen. These were traditions that, uh, that came about. It's who can sit in the, the greatest seats at feast, and who can be seen on the street corners praying the loudest, and who can look the sickest when they're fasting. I'm telling you, this is in the Bible. This is what happened. This is what they did. This became their tradition. They received glory out of these things. Amen. Waiting on their Messiah, waiting on the King, waiting on the one that was going to deliver them. Amen? 
Amen. So Jesus is born. It is not what they were expecting. I believe that tradition grew. Have you ever told a, a story and or, or heard of something and then, you know, you tell somebody and then before long, wow, it's gonna, it, it, you're expecting some great huge thing and it's, you get to, uh, say to a, uh, I don't know, you're going somewhere, or you're getting, going to get, have a get-together or a youth event or somewhere like that, or you're going to a new, new shopping center for the girls. They can relate with that one. And you hear about all how great stuff is going on. See, yeah, there, we got one over here. Not, oh, I get it now. And, and you think of these things, and you think, wow, it's going to be great. And you get there, and you're like, that really wasn't what I was expecting. Well, that's what happened when Jesus came. He was the Messiah. He was the one that was going to save Israel. Amen? They were expecting a great king to come in a castle, to be born in lineage that was great, something amazing. They were expecting uh, fireworks, and they were expecting just this big, huge limousine, and they were expecting all these great, wonderful things. Their tradition had lied to them. It had grown and had told them things, and they had learned, and they had developed these traditions that were not true. So when Jesus came to this earth as a baby and grew, amen, and began his earthly ministry, all of a sudden, God doesn't change. God of the Old Testament didn't change. He said, I, I change not. He said, I'm coming back. I will set my people free. Amen. I tell you, before the Old Testament closed out, God knew what, to, what he was going to do Amen. It was prophesied that there would be a baby born. Amen. It prophesied that he would be born in a manger. He knew how he was going to come, and it was prophesied. But somewhere along the way, tradition says something else. Tradition says this isn't how it's going to be. That wasn't glamorous enough. That wasn't powerful enough, and that wasn't influential enough. Amen. And so now, you've got all these leaders, these so-called spiritual leaders running things. They got no business running the things of God. Amen. They got no business uh, leading God's people. Amen. Because they're in it for their own glory. So now, amen. The book of Mark, I've, as I read that scripture the other day, and I'm going to kind of go back and we're going to kind of find a starting point in Mark and get to this chapter, this part of the scripture in Mark chapter 12. Amen. Where they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? Amen. We're going to have to go back just a little ways in Mark chapter 11. Amen. In verse 15. Needless to say, Jesus uh, was contrary to everything um, that had been taught. Or he was, he was a threat, more or less. People loved him. People that needed him loved him. He healed their sicknesses. He set them free from blindness. He healed leprosy. They was, the lame was made to walk. The people loved him. Amen. Jesus came to fulfill. The people knew and they looked upon Jesus and said, He is the Messiah. This is the one. Amen. But there were some that were in control and in power that said, He's threatening everything that we've got going on. Amen. There's something wrong here. And he's, we got to stop what's happening. And so in Mark chapter 11, amen, verse 15, amen. Jesus comes to Jerusalem with a bang. Amen. If this wouldn't upset some folks today in church, does it upset you when pastors or preachers come to church and do something like this? This spiritually happens. Amen. Because what happened when Jesus came, it says, and they, and they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrow the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Verse 16. We have that one. Amen. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Jesus cleaned house. Jesus upset and ruffled some feathers. Amen. He starts coming in and just kicking stuff around and throwing, just th 
just tearing people up and kicking them out of the temple where they were the boss. They were in charge, and Jesus said, get out of here. Their traditions were thrown out the window at that point. Amen. They had their own little thing going there, making some money. They, were, they thought they were doing okay. But Jesus said, this is not, you've made it into a den of thieves. This is a house of prayer. You've changed what it was meant to be. You've changed what it was originally supposed to be. And Jesus came, amen, hallelujah, to save this world. He came to save this world from its sin, amen. He didn't come to support any tradition. He didn't come to support, amen, those that had changed the original plan. So he, he comes in, just destroys the place, tears it up. Amen, there's a lot of churches today that need tore up, amen. There's a lot of people... Amen. That I meet and I talk to. Amen. That are very set in their ways. It's not true. What they believe is not true. Amen. What they believe is false. Amen. But they've got their system set up. They, they're in control of what they believe. And they're in control of their own destiny. Amen. They're in control of their own life. Amen. I used to work with a guy who, who claimed to be an atheist. Amen. He claimed to be an atheist and I... You know, the Bible says that a fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Amen. The Bible plainly says that you're foolish to believe that there is no God. Amen. But in his mind, he doesn't have to believe in a, he doesn't believe in a God because as soon as he believed that there is a God, now he has to deal with heaven and hell. And now he has to deal with his sins. And now he has to deal with the things in his life. He has to make some things right and he's not willing to make them right. Because it's going to change the way that he's always been. It's going to change his mindset. Amen. There's an attitude. Amen. That comes with tradition. Amen. There's nothing wrong with some traditions as I said. Amen. When we first got married. Amen. I know my, my wife loves it when I start out stories like that. But when we first got married. And, you know we were 18. We were young. Too young. We were. Uh, and. Uh had to throw that in there. They're reading it in here, so I had to step in. Anyway, and, and tradition in my wife's family was Thanksgiving was her grandmother's house on Thanksgiving Day. And that wasn't my tradition in my family. Traditions are good. Thanksgiving is good. I love it. Amen. But when our traditions don't match up, it wasn't good. Amen. There was some conflict there. Amen. There's something about it. But you know what? It comes to this point now, and after it all, when you realize, you know what? Our attitude has changed. You know, it isn't worth an argument. I'd rather stay in my home with me and my wife and my kids and have a TV dinner than to go through an argument over whose grandma's house we're going to. Amen. Sometimes there's an attitude about the way we've always been. Sometimes we get an attitude, and sometimes the attitude is wrong, not necessarily someone who has holds the tradition. Amen. I'm telling you, these scribes, these Pharisees, these chief priests, these men in this temple, amen, that Jesus was confronting, they weren't open to this new thing. They weren't willing to accept, okay, you know what? I've been in control. I've been in charge in this thing. You know, the Messiah said he's coming, and you know what? I, I want God to lead me. I want God to show me and to reveal to me. And you know what? I'll seek Him first. And if that means I've got to change some things in my life, I'm willing to change them. If that means, amen, if that means once I believed in three gods and I believed in the, in the doctrine of the Trinity, praise the Lord, and now I've been revealed that, you know what? Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord, amen. And I get the revelation, so be it. You know what, God, I want all of the truth, and I want to know it all. I don't want to have an attitude, amen, that keeps me from getting everything you want from me. God, I want to know every bit and every part there is to know. I don't want my attitude about my traditions and about my way of thinking to get in the way of what you want for me. I love to see when people's seats do get taken in church. It's great when you're up here. I'm telling you, it is great when you're up here. And you know, <laughs> somebody got here before somebody got here. <laughs> and somebody doesn't have their seat. And you can tell somebody isn't happy. Amen. 
Am I right? Amen. Just nod and say yes, because you know it's true. It happens. It's a tradition. It's not wrong that you sit in a sp specific seat, but what's wrong is when somebody's in my seat, and you can't have church the rest of the night because you're huffing and puffing because it just doesn't feel the same in this seat as it does in that seat. Traditions are not always what's wrong. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. Am I making any sense? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's what, that's what condition these people were in. Amen. There were people coming. They, they, needed, they needed a Savior, and they came, and they laid palm branches down and said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Amen. He came, and he started changing their world. He started changing their life. He started making a difference in their life. Amen. They came to church, and they, they, they felt something. They felt the Holy Ghost, and there was something real. They felt clean. They felt something new. Amen. Their life was, was nothing before, and now and they're, they're, they're seek for, for something real. Amen. Now there's a Messiah that has come, and they recognize, and he begins to heal and do great things. But, again, there's some that think that. Amen. In tw verse 28 of Mark chapter 11, uh, these guys ask Jesus a question. He says, and, and they say unto him, By what authority dost thou uh, doest these things, and who gave thee this authority to do these, do these things? They start asking him some questions. They're going to start, hey, hey, buddy, who are you, and who do you think you are? Where have you come from? Who's the what authority? Because in the day, they received authority from the king. Whatever country they were from or whatever kingdom they were from, Amen. Paul got sent to persecute Christians by the authority of the king. It wasn't by his own authority. Amen. They wanted to know, okay, how dare you come in to our temple and destroy our way of doing things? It's the first thing that happens when a pastor rubs you wrong. Amen. It's the first thing that happens when something goes against, hey, I, I didn't like the way that sounded. You cop an attitude. I've been there, okay? I'm preaching to myself, too. I've been there before. It doesn't feel good when you get preached. Something comes across the pulpit, and you go, hey, I don't, it just didn't feel right because my flesh has gotten tradition, gotten used to the way that I do things. That's what is happening. Amen. It's a reflection. You can see yourself in this. You can see others in this. That's how we are today, amen? People don't change. God don't change. We don't change just as much as God doesn't change. People are doing just as dumb as stuff as they did in the Old Testament. Amen? They couldn't get away from idol worship back in the Old Testament. We can't get away from our American idols in the living day today. We can't get away from our pop stars and our, 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 our... We can't get away from it. We've got our own idols that we worship, our sports teams, our, our, those things. We worship these things. I'm not saying necessarily we do, but our society... We've turned, we've turned so far from God that we begin... So we don't change. People don't change. There's nothing new under the sun. Amen. But God's got a purpose. Jesus had a purpose. Amen. And they're asking, what is going on? Who gave you the authority? So they start the, the question process. Amen. They start saying, okay, who are you? Where have you come from? And who said you could do this stuff? Amen. In Mark chapter 12, they began to ask him another question. In 12, 14, they want to catch him in a lie. They want to find the loophole here. This guy is so far, has, Jesus has answered them every time, and they've, they had no response. Up until this point, they've had nothing to catch him. There's been no uh, uh, false statement. There's been no lie that he does. There's no, been no blasphemy. There's been nothing that they've been able to catch him in. Like, duh. It's God. You're not going to. But they keep asking nonetheless. If they would have been open, they would have re realized that. If they would have been open to understand that he could very well be the Messiah. Amen. In verse 4, Mark 12, verse 14. Amen. It says, And when they were come, they said unto him, Master, we know that thou art true, and carest for no man, for thou guardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Amen. Another question, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? Amen. 
Are you going to say you're of another kingdom so you don't have to obey this law? Because if you don't pay tribute to Caesar, that's a violation of law. And they're trying to catch him breaking the law. Amen. So they know the law very well. They know that, hey, what we can trick him here. And if he says, uh, no, we don't have to, they, they, I don't have to pay tribute to Caesar because I'm of another kingdom. I'm of a, another authority. Then they would have been considered, or he would have been considered breaking the law. Amen. We know the story. And Jesus says, give me a coin. Let me see whose picture's on there. And he says, they say it's Caesar. And he says, well, here's what you do. You give to Caesar, to Caesar's. And I know we've heard this before. When you give to God, what is God? It's simple. You pay your taxes to your government, and you tie it to the house of God. It's not difficult. Amen. And they couldn't catch him. Again, they were fouled in trying to snare him in his speech and what he had to say in his action. Amen. So they begin the question and they continue the question uh, in, Mar in verse 18 of that same chapter, continuing on. Again, I'm building up to where we started. Amen. Laying the foundation to get there. But in verse 18 it says, Then come unto, uh, then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a, brother, if a man's brother die and, and leave his wife behind, and leave no children that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Amen. Do we remember? I think most of us more than likely remember the story. They asked him if he, the woman marries a man and he dies and then she marries his brother and there's no children. He marries the next brother and he dies and there's no children. They continue this process of marrying seven brothers, no children. When they get to heaven, whose, whose, uh, whose wife will she be? And they didn't believe in the resurrection. Amen. I'm telling you right now, they, they eventually they're going to believe in the resurrection. Amen. Jesus came. He didn't came just to, to die on a cross for their soul. He didn't just come to die on a cross for our sins. Amen. They're asking the one man that had the power, amen, to resurrect, amen, each and every one of us out of our sins. Amen. He is the only one that has defied the grave. Amen. They're asking the master, amen, of creation. Amen. The one that was there, amen, in the beginning. Amen. They asked him. They believed. They did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe that it was possible. Amen. It kind of makes you wonder sometimes. Amen. When you talk to people. The Bible says that uh, sometimes we, we, we entertain angels unaware. Amen. Have you ever read that before? Sometimes you never know. You just never know who, you, who you're going to run into or you're going to talk to. Amen. That should be enough to live right. Amen. You never know who you're going to run into. Amen. You might want to be this way inside the church and outside the church if you're going to claim to be in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we ought to live for God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Amen. Every, month, every week of the month, all year long. Amen. This isn't just something we do. Amen. Living for God is something that we are. Amen. It is who I am. Amen. I, I, I'm not, I don't have an occupation as a preacher. I don't have an occupation, amen, as a Sunday school teacher. Amen. This is what I do. This is who I am. Amen. This is my life. Amen. I have nothing outside of this. I, I go to work and I do those sort of things. But amen. And that's so that I can live for God. And I can. The Bible says that I am in the world, but I'm not of the world. We've got to get our mind to change. Sometimes we get so concerned and so worried about making money and paying bills. And not that it's not important to pay your bills. Amen. I think it's wrong if you don't pay your bills. Amen. But. Amen. When it comes to living for, for God, Jesus said, sell all you got and follow me. Sell all you have. Amen. In my mind tonight, if I lost it all, pastor talked about Job last week. Amen. He talked about how he lost everything. Amen. If I lose everything, amen, my life is still in Jesus Christ. My life is still in the one who saved me. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not in my traditional way of, uh, of living. It's not in the fact that I can come. Amen. If, if, I, if I lost my health tomorrow, amen, I'm still going to serve him and still live for him. Amen. So they ask him, 
amen, about the resurrection. And he, and he, he tells them, there's no, you don't even know the scripture. He tells the scribes and he tells the teachers, the religious teachers, he said, you guys are so foolish. You don't even know the scripture. You don't even know the law of Moses. You don't even know what it says. I was so amazed when Brother Verity was talking last uh, Sunday night or the Sunday night before um, about, the, I think it was a priest in Austria. They went into the, he went to his home uh, or went and asked him about uh, the Bible or the scripture and the guy had to hunt down his Bible. He had to hunt his Bible. He said, I haven't seen that thing in years. Amen. He doesn't know the word of God. But he's a spiritual leader of people in a country full of people going to hell because there's nobody getting into the Word of God and teaching them because they don't even know where it is. They're more concerned with their handbooks and their pamphlets and the way that their, uh, the, service out, the service outline should go. Amen. There's times when myself and Brother Brandon, I, you know what, I've been in, in service and God has just moved. And you know what, I, I felt like taking the, the, the service outline, ripping it up and throwing it on the ground because it meant nothing if God wanted to have His way and move in the service. Amen. I could care less if we sing two songs to take an offering and sing a third song and hand it to me. That's not important to me. Amen. What's important is that God, we reach a place where we can come into service and begin to magnify Him. That's our traditional view. That's our traditional way of viewing church. Amen. Is to come in and sing a few songs. But coming into the house of the Lord and somebody getting it in their mind, I don't... I'm coming to praise Him and to magnify Him. And whenever I wake up from this, this uh, spiritual drunk, I don't care where I'm at in this church building. All I know is I'm going to get a hold of God. And I'm going to find some way to get in tune with Him. And I'm going to touch Him. I don't care if we sing every song on the book. I don't care if we do everything just the way we're supposed to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to get it in our minds. We've got to get this attitude out of our minds of this traditional way of doing things. If something is, well, we don't do it that way. Well, you know what? Maybe God wants to move here. I'm going to, okay, I'll just go along with this. But soon if something's different than it always has been. <gasps> Brother Riggin, why are we doing it this way? Why are you doing that? Why this? Why that? I don't know. I can't, I can't think if you do. I don't know. I can't praise the Lord on Thursday night without you here. I can't praise the Lord on Tuesday night and change the service to Tuesday to, oh, what, I don't, I can't even think, I've got a headache. I'm telling you, we've got to get our mind out of this trap it's in. We are all, we all do this. I do this, you do this, we all do this. The church world, everybody does this. Amen. Jesus is trying to get them out of that mindset. Don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Don't go, to, don't go anywhere else. Here is all you need. Don't look for another Messiah. I am that I am. I'm right here. Don't look any farther. Amen. And we come into church. It's more than just a traditional raise our hand and clap a few, for a few songs. We've got to get out of this mentality. Amen. It'll kill us. It'll kill you. Amen. It produces dead church. It, it produces dead worship. It produces dry worship. Amen. It produces uh, dry altars. Amen. When's the last time that hmm, we had an altar call? You know what I mean. That just rocked. When's the last time we just had one that just broke free without a bunch of prompting? And, 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 and people sitting back saying, well, there's about ten little girls up there and a couple people praying. And no one else is feeling a burden to pray. It's not because we're bad people, but it's somewhere along the way we've got in our mind that preaching's almost done. I hear 54 calling my name, or whatever it may be. It's what happens. It's what happens in our mind. It's just, it's just the, the devil's way of slowly allowing ourselves. The Bible says that a, a carnal mind is enmity. It's at war with God. God has always fought this carnal mind. God has always fought carnality. Amen. God has always fought this. Uh, uh, you know, we only associate with these people in the church. Or we only go here with these people. It's an attitude that God has fought with and fought with and fought with. Because there was, you know, Korah, whenever he rose up against Moses, it wasn't just everyone. It was a group that had gotten together and they, they've been talking. They've been hanging out together. 
and they had, they they had developed this coup. We're gonna we're gonna overthrow. You know what? We're spiritual. We are. It wasn't the whole it wasn't the whole group of Israelites. It was a group that had gotten together and realized. You know what? We're just as good as they are. And there was a third of third of the angels had that same mentality. And God dealt with it with the angel. Amen. God has been dealing with this. Amen. We've got to get it out of our system. We've got to get it out of our life. Amen. The only way to get it out of our life is we begin to truly seek Him. Don't question everything that we do. As in, well, why do we have to do it this way? Or why do we have to do it that way? Let the Holy Ghost, let Jesus, all He wanted to do, He just wanted to go and heal people and, and to show them His glory and to touch them and, 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 to, and, and to get them and draw them to Him. He, didn't, he wasn't in there just to kick over their tables. That's not what he was here for. He's not here just to ruin your life. God loves you. God loves me. Amen. But there's some things that are in our life. There's some things that can creep into our church. There's some things that can hinder our worship. Amen. That God sometimes, he has to come in. Amen. And try to kick them out and try to destroy them. Amen. But it's not a matter of whether, you know what, we're all human. It happens. Sometimes he's got to kick some things out of our lives. But amen, it's the response. Is it going to be, well, by God, why do you, who gives you the authority to tell me what to do? Pastor, who gives you the authority to tell me what to do? I don't have to listen to nobody in this church. I do what I want to do. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of carnality. It's an attitude of flesh. We've got to get rid of that. In our, and I'm not, I'm not casting stones here. I'm telling you, it's something that we all deal with. It's something that happens. When the church began, when we begin to grow cold and we begin to get distant, we have to struggle, amen, to really get into the spirit, amen, there's something wrong, amen, there's something, our, our, our response to the Holy Ghost, amen, when God begins to move and we don't, that's our flesh saying, who gives you the authority, I'm just going to sit right here, I, I used to run, I don't have to anymore, it's not, I don't, yeah, I'm going to let Brother Karst do that. Because traditionally, traditionally, Brother Karst is the one that runs. Amen? We're worshiping church because, you know, we're apostolic. We worship. No. I think as long as Brother Karst is worshiping, and I don't mean to be picking on Brother Karst or trying to make fun of him. I'm saying sometimes we think ourselves right because I am a church that we worship and run the aisles and I don't think we, we really truly say that correctly I think the traditional folks really worship and, and we allow ourselves to just kind of sit back and glide on that tradition of we're going to have a, a, a service where a few people run the aisles and we can go and we can say yeah we had some folks run the aisles tonight we had, we had, we had good worship amen amen or did we sit and say so-and-so talked to me wrong and just rubbed me the wrong way. You know what? I, I don't like, I can't stand that person. But Brother Karsh ran the aisles tonight. Amen. I'm not, I'm not again, not throwing stones. I'm telling this tonight. I want to see revival here. Amen. I want to see, I want to see lives changed. I pray, I pray that we baptize people every night. And I pray that, that people everywhere we go sense a spirit of holiness separation amen there's something about being separate god wants a holy people a separate people a people that is pure people that that is right why not because he wants us to he's trying to just rule our lives no because there's somebody amen that needs to see us when we go into the store or whenever we go out as a youth group and they see us and they go, you know what? We had this happen in, in North Dakota. We were at, went to Burger King after church one night. And uh, one, of the, one of the young ladies there, just they came out afterwards and like, where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? You know, you guys are different. You guys are different. And we told them where we were from. And, 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 and she came to church and she got the Holy Ghost. And her life changed and she ended up marrying a man in the church they have children that are going to now be raised in this truth amen because somebody dared amen to separate themselves not just man looks on the inside yes 
or man looks, God looks on the inside, yes. It matters. But how we act and how we behave and how we look on the outside is going to, is going to be how this world sees Jesus. And if our attitude is, is rotten, and we got this attitude like the Pharisees and the scribes that says, I don't have to do this, and I, you know what, I handed out a church card. I don't have to hand out all the church cards, and I don't have to go here for outreach. I don't have to do that. And Man, I tell you, it's, it's, it's the attitude we take traditionally. It may not be that way, but maybe we need to challenge our traditions. When truth cannot triumph over tradition, something's wrong. Amen. The Holy Ghost can't move. The Holy Ghost can't do its work. Amen. People cannot be saved. Amen. People can't get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. If we're not allowing the Holy Ghost to flow and to move. Amen. But we get back to where we begin. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. I'm about to close. If musicians, if you'd like to come and play something softly, I guess. Um, I think that's traditionally what we do. told you some traditions are good if I didn't have that to say I don't know how I'd close out a sermon <laughs> musicians come <laughs> I'm about to close I did know a, pa- a, a preacher young evangelist when he first started preaching he just he preached preach 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 and then wait, 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 and that was it he, he just he was done he was done amen I know some of you are hoping I'd do that tonight but <laughs> amen I am about to close I just want to get this process in our mind, understand in our mind that this isn't just a, well, all of a sudden, new life is the only church that is dealing with this new problem. No, no, no. No, no, no. Dude, this is, this is, God put a preacher, God put a preacher in your life. He put a pastor in your life. Amen. He's gone. God will use anything, I guess, to get his word across. Amen. I don't want just an experience with him. Amen. I, I want a relationship with him. Amen. But a final question comes and when it, in verse 28 of Mark 12. It says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, the scribe, he heard all the answers. He heard the questions and heard the answers and said, right. Jesus has been right up until this point. If you read Matthew, this man is a lawyer. He also is trying to catch him in his words, Jesus in his words. Amen. But he goes on and asks him the question, what is the greatest commandment? And the greatest commandment, he says, is Israel, the Lord, God is one Lord. And I find it interesting. Jesus goes ahead and throws in the second
heaven, that's better than coming to the church and back to the floor every day of the week. That's better than teaching Sunday school and running the bus route. That's better than anything. Love your neighbor. Love God. Everything is tied into that. Amen. I don't care what you do. It's not good enough if you don't love God with all your heart. I don't care what we do. It's not good enough. I don't care what tradition we have. It's not good enough if we don't love one another as we love ourselves. If you don't love each other, if you don't care about one another, I don't care what we do. I don't care how many cards of outreach we give. I don't care how much outreach we do. It doesn't matter in the eyes of God. And the scribes tell me you said very well. Jesus responds to this man. He looks at him. I, I can see it. I'm looking at this, this, this lawyer, this scribe, this teacher of the law, this man. he says and when verse 34 says that when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly he was wise in his answer anyway he said Jesus said unto this man thou art not the kingdom of God and no man after that nurse asked him any question something happened I feel the Holy Ghost tonight because this man the questions what about this and what about that and why do you believe this? And why do you believe that? And one man finally begins to realize you actually are right. All of a sudden, his traditions are beginning to peel away in the all the law that he had taught. He's starting to fall away and realize, you know what? This is starting to make sense. And start, I'm starting to understand this. And Jesus looked at him and said, hey, hey, you're not far. You keep walking. You keep seeking me. Just ask one more question. Desire a little bit more of the truth. Desire a little bit more of this truth. Don't stop it just knowing just a little bit and agree. Continue on and continue on and continue on. One of the greatest things that could have ever happened. to receive revelation and he begins to find the whole truth his whole life had been a tradition he begins to receive it. he stopped asking the questions we don't want nothing to do with this guy he's starting to really threaten our, our traditional ways you know what I, I, I'm, I believe in, in this I don't need none of that one God stuff I don't need none of that Jesus name baptism stuff. I don't need none of that. He stopped him asking him questions. So close. But his tradition stopped the truth from prevailing that day. Tradition allowed the truth to be withheld. He stopped. Could it be possible, amen, that our altars are dry tonight and our baptismal tank is not being troubled tonight because somewhere along the way, tradition has stopped truth from being able to prevail and to triumph. Are we happy the way we are? Are we just happy coming to church with who we are coming to church with? Amen. Paul in front of King Agrippa. Says, explain yourself. He said they were trying to find Paul in the same situation, trying to find something wrong with him. They just said, arrest him, then we'll figure out if we can't find something wrong with him. Because he was hindering their tradition. Agrippa said, Hey, you tell me your story. Oh, Paul gets all excited and says, Here's what happened. I was a little boy, I was raised a Pharisee, and I was I knew all the law, and I was raising up traditions of men and all this, and God miraculously showed me the truth and showed me the light and my life was changed I was a persecutor of Christians 
I destroyed and killed many of them. I was at the feet. Amen. Stephen was stoned. But I was changed. My life was changed forever. He gets done with his dissertation. Look at it. It's Acts chapter 26. Agrippa says, you know what? Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Agrippa wasn't ready to get rid of his power and his glory. He wasn't ready to get rid of any of that stuff. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight, church, we need to get past our traditions in our lives. We stand together tonight. There was a man by the name of Cornelius. He was a just man. By all means, he paid his tithe. By all said he paid alms. He was a good man. He prayed every day. He was seeking God. Seeking God. Seeking God every day. God, show me your truth. Show me your way. Show me the truth. When you do that, John chapter 8, verse 31. after the truth tonight, if you've been looking for truth, if you're hungry for the truth tonight, amen. This world is full of false religion. This world is full of unbelief. This, this world is full of churches that aren't preaching and teaching truth. Cornelius was a good man. Just man. A saved man. just enough and he sought hard enough that God said okay you were close now we'll give it to you so you know the story God sends Peter preaches Jesus to him and him crucified and by the time Peter's done preaching Cornelius a good man man you would consider, the world would consider quote unquote saved because of his belief. They believe upon him. And as he was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. And they were astonished because they were speaking in tongues and God had filled them Peter laid down tradition that said Gentiles, they don't, this isn't for them, this is for the Jews. This is not, the, the Jew is the chosen people. But God had to get in Peter's mind and say, you know what? Get rid of the traditions in your mind, Peter. Amen. You and I would not be here if Peter would have stood firm for the tradition. It would have stood firm and said, I'm not moving. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it always will be. It's unclean to go. But he said, I'm going to lay it all down, God. You say it's on, they're clean, I'm going to go because I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell them. I've got to tell them about who you are and I've got to tell them this truth. I've got to tell them because I can't. If I, if I don't, I'm going to burst. And he tells them and the Gentiles uh, receive the power of the Holy Ghost. They get the Holy Ghost and then all of a sudden Peter says, well, you got the Holy Ghost. Now let's go get yourself baptized. Let's go baptize you in Jesus' name. Because you know what? Now you got it all. You haven't stopped short of truth. You haven't allowed tradition. And Jesus poured out this power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. But tonight, let's not let tradition house tonight, seeking the right way, seeking the one way. The Bible says there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's not multiple ways to be saved. 
only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the crowd asked him the very first time the crowd, uh, uh, the very first time the question was ever asked in the book of Acts. The New Testament, the very first time the, the plan of salvation was ever given was in Acts 2, 38. They asked, and Peter stood up again. Peter said, you've got to repent. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For remission of your sins, then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what happened to Cornelius ten chapters later. Amen. Cornelius prayed. He gave alms and all these things. Amen. He was hungry for God, hungry for truth. He was a Gentile. He had no hope, amen, of the lineage being in, uh, in the Jewish lineage. He had no hope, but he was hungry. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're hungry for truth, don't stop asking God for truth. You're here tonight because you want to know truth. You're here tonight because God has heard you. God has opened the door for you to know truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's raise our hands tonight where we're at. Let's ask God and, 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 and pray. God, if there's anything in my own mind, in my own life, if there's any traditions that I'm holding on to, if there's anybody that I'm, uh, I've got something against, if there's anything that would keep me, Lord, and keep this church from revival, God, do it. Take it away from me tonight. God, I don't want a position and I don't want power and I don't want my own ways to supersede what you are trying to do. God, don't let tradition triumph over truth tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just pray tonight, church, for a few minutes. The altars are open if you want to come to the altar. Amen. We'll pray with you tonight. Hallelujah. God is in this house. He's wanting to reveal himself to you. Hallelujah. Don't let tradition triumph tonight. Hallelujah. Don't just wait for the altar call to be over. Don't let it just be Brother Riggins out of town. It's a normal Thursday night service with Brother Merriman preaching. Hallelujah. Don't let the tradition, amen, get a grip on us again. Hallelujah. Let us wake up. Stop short of truth.